This is Sean J. Granham, aka Sean Gran, and today I'm talking to Yusai Goda and Furi Joachim, founders of one of the coolest and certainly between my friends and I, most respected labels out there, Mellow Orange. How are you guys doing? Good, good. Thanks for having us. No, and, no. Uh, thanks for having us, Sean. It's a pleasure. Uh, yeah, so how did Mellow Orange begin? Yusai, you created the label and came up with the name, didn't you? Yeah, I was actually just bored. <laughs> That's how I came out with uh, Mellow Orange now. But uh, really started out as um, just just me really tired of hearing uh, commercial radio music in the Bay Area specifically. And uh, at the time, I was really kind of venturing out to really backpack California hip hop or more organic jazz hip hop vibe and you know, one thing gravitated toward another and um, started pumping out mixtapes. And, you know, uh, you know, I feel like I don't want to tell you guys everything now, but um, yeah, that's how it really started. Yeah. So you and Freddie met after reaching out to Freddie for a remix compilation album for Japan's own DJ Tonk that you were executive producing. Is that right? Yes, man, you've you, you done your research, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, w- what was it about Freddie's music that made you want to approach him to do a remix? Uh, well, DJ Tonk was actually out in San Francisco. I don't know whether he was out here for study abroad or... I know he was just out here and he specifically wanted to work with a California hip-hop artist. So during his time here, I kind of, you know... Um, help them i guess translate or communicate with like the groups like the percussions uh dudes process crown city rockers and you know when he wanted to do a compilation album and you know i kind of threw him an idea like hey why don't you do some remixes and (laughs) this is back in myspace era um you know i met freddie and i really like the sound because it it really resonated with uh, the sound providers, but more, more kind of evolved sound per se. And I thought at the time his sound would fit very well with the compilation and the direction that DJ Tonk wanted. So, you know, I reached out to Freddie. Awesome. So, how did you join Melora and Freddie? Well, basically, from what you said, I just said uh, I was helping him with like kind of curate and produce remixes for that compilation and then he and then i actually had a show in um san francisco at the time and uh i actually didn't have a place to stay i think um my plans got kind of like shifted and then i actually ended up staying with Usai. and that was like the first time we actually met too crazy and then uh since then we've just been friends it's kind of just crazy how that all worked out Awesome. So, what music did you guys grow up on? You first, Freddie. <laughs> I, I grew up on, like, you know, just like a lot of classic 90s hip hop from like Tribe Called Quest, Common, and De La Soul. Like a lot of, uh, I guess, social conscious kind of hip hop uh, at the time in the 90s. I also, you know, we also grew up on the West Coast too. So, I was uh, influenced by um, like gangster rap, like Dre and and nwa you know just growing up as a listener and then you know i got into djing like in the mid 90s so i would collect records from a lot of independent hip-hop so this is like the time when ruckus was um still uh just developing and okay player was just uh 
uh, a hub for certain artists like The Roots and Most Def and Common and some and you know Jazzy Fat Nasties and stuff like that. But then yeah, you know, I've always just kind of gravitated towards like a lot of uh, jazz driven and soul driven uh, hip hop. You sigh. <laughs> well, actually, uh, I kind of grew up listening to heavy metal or like like J-pop because like I, I'm actually I'm originally from Japan and you know whatever my brother listened to I pretty much listened to it was a hand-me-down type of situation where whatever he got you know I got to listen to and when I came to America and I was exposed to NWA actually and that's what kind of got me listening to rap or hip-hop but when I actually had enough money to start buying cassettes or CDs, you know, um, I think my first CD, CD album purchase was uh, Midnight Marauders and, you know, uh, Enter the 36th Chamber of Wu-Tang. So uh, really East Coast heavily influenced and uh, naturally gravitated more toward like West Coast sound and hip hop and, you know, the rest of history. But a lot of golden era stuff. Awesome. Yeah, my next question was going to be about your heritage because, yeah, you, you saw yours lays in Japan, doesn't it? And Freddie, I think your heritage is from the Philippines. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Did you guys grow up in those respective places? Yeah, I was in Japan up until I was 12. And then and I came to California and been here ever since. I was born in the Philippines, but I wasn't raised there. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I, I came over to San Diego like when I was like one or two. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm very, I'm very Americanized. Yeah, yeah, cool. So, at what point did you both realize that you wanted to take music seriously? I guess, Freddie, for you, that's like a production side, and you say that's more a label side. Well, I was always surrounded by like the four elements of hip hop. You know, I <laughs> growing up, I remember I was trying to rap. I was never really good at it, and I got into graffiti, and I was never really good at it. Uh, tried break dancing, but really couldn't find anyone else who could dance really with me. So during high school, I was surrounded by a bunch of uh, friends that DJ mobile gigs and who was kind of in the battle circuit. And, you know, one thing led to another. And I was really curious about, you know, the art of turntablism. And, you know, uh, then my other friends watching him just kind of like party rock uh, high school gigs or parties. That kind of got me interested in DJing just in general. Uh, so that's how my DJ career kind of got started. And as thing evolved, you know, I, I kind of, I kind of messed around production here and there. Like, really, never got serious into it. But uh, I think it's just a natural progression for, especially DJs. You know, once you DJ, you kind of naturally want to get into production. And once you, especially now uh, with social media, I think it's it's really easy for you to start your label and collective and you know mellow oranges you know started out as a hobby more of a passion type of thing for all of us involved but you know as things kind of took off on its own you know we're at a point where we kind of needed to take things more seriously and start thinking or start processing things more in a business and so things just kind of fell into my lap and you know now i'm just kind of doing like a lot of a day-to-day operation things but yeah it's one of those things that was never planned but you know um we're just kind of taking things day by day i guess i'm glad yeah <laughs> <laughs> and yeah freddie for you when did you know that you wanted to take um, your production seriously like i said i started djing in the mid 90s and then 
you know, like you I said, with DJing comes the technical side of creating music. Mm. So it was kind of like a natural progression because I was already recording my own mixtapes and stuff like that. So I kind of tried a little bit of production, like I guess the late 90s and early into 2000. And then I have to say when I first started getting more serious about it was around 2003 when a lot of these just kind of simple beats and simple productions just kind of started piling up and I didn't really know what to do with them. So I basically would just kind of make little beat tapes that I would just give my friends. And then from there, I just kind of, I guess, pursued production a little bit more focused and then started working with artists and then started connecting with artists because this is at the same time, like the early 2000s were when social networking kind of came out. So I was able to connect with, uh, you know, MCs and singers and just other producers just to kind of vibe out and, you know, build artist relationships with. Awesome. So who was the first artist besides yourselves that was signed to Mellow Orange? <laughs> wow. Who, who was the first artist? It's kind of weird because when we put together Last Resort, everyone on that compilation was somewhat involved, but... Uh, so like, uh, just to give you a, a good idea, like Davey Yossi, he was part of that project. Um, Rashan Ahmad. Rashan Ahmad. Jace One. Right, Jace One. Um, but yeah, you know, a lot has changed ever since that compilation. You know, some guys decided not to pursue music. Uh, some guys are still involved, but, you know, kind of refused to be involved with the like any collective or labels and yeah um and some guys just decided to you know kind of do their own thing or start their own collective or collective or label so um it's really hard to say i don't, I don't know freddie can you think of anyone that um i think if i can pinpoint somebody it would probably be question only because he was he was yeah, i mean he's like one of my good friends I think we just kind of brought him on, not at first as a producer, but more as like a DJ and kind of to handle our the graphic design side of Mellow Orange. Then he kind of put out more of his production after that. But other than Question, I'm not too sure, like maybe Tico, but I mean, mm. he's not really, um, what is the word? He's not um, he's exclusive. Yeah, yeah, he's not yeah. exclusive to our label, but he did release uh, uh, one of his projects with us. Yeah, that was like one of our biggest thing. Like we wanted to bring in people to Mellow Orange, but we didn't want to lock him down to give artists like freedom to kind of do their own things. If that makes sense, Sean. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. There are too many wars now these days, from what I hear from other people. <laughs> like uh, people are like, you know, you're part of this collective. We want you. You need to drop them if you want to come over. It's crazy. People just like find someone dope and then want complete control over what they do and what they release, which is insane and shouldn't be how it works. So it's really cool to hear that you guys are so open about it. And it's cool because you mentioned in question leading to my next question. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so your artist <laughs> question, sorry, has quite a big role in how Mellow Orange operates. You just said he does the graphic design, right? What else does he yeah, do? He his day-to-day -day or you know what he does for a living is graphic design he's he's been a graphic designer before the term graphic designer wow. was a was a thing he yeah he's been around for a, a while he handles most of uh i guess 
a lot of the design work or the branding for Mellow Orange. And he gives us a lot of insight into what we should do as far as, you know, the branding or how stuff should look. Yeah. So aside from yourselves, then, who would you say has been most influential in the creation of Mellow Orange and getting it to where it is now? Man, I would say everyone has a little bit of a unique character to the brand. I mean, we have Omega, who's also a creative artist himself in terms of design realm. You know, he brings in a little bit of a flavor per se. You know, Tico, although he's more of like an affiliation artist or friend, you know, he brought in uh, a lot of, uh, I don't know, it's just every artist has a different following crowd or supporters that helps us put on our brand in their like catalog of music uh, artists that they listen to and vice versa. And that's, that's kind of like our like our goal not goal but you know that's one of the things that we talk about every time we bring in someone new like you know it's all about mutual respect and we want to help you grow your brand but at the same time you guys are helping us out as well so you know everything kind of works in unison and you know it's so i would say everyone that we brought in so far has helped us and you know hopefully we've uh been able to do the same for them yeah yeah i think it's uh one thing that kind of helps uh, shape the label is we're all kind of spread out. Like we're not really just centrally located in one city. Usai being from the Bay and me and Question being from San Diego or just Southern California in general. And then, you know, Omega's in Portland, which is, you know, north of uh, the Bay. And then we have other producers and DJs, you know, in Europe and, you know, in other parts of uh, the U.S., so I think their own influences from where they are located in the world helps kind of shape uh, who we are, I guess, as a label as well. Yeah, so you're kind of like the Captain Planet of labels. In a <laughs> <way>. <laughs> no, no, not even, not even close. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So yeah, your roster has a range of talented artists from all over the globe. What qualities do you look for when bringing an artist onto the label? I would say, you know, for me, it's just gotta, we don't want to follow trends per se. We've definitely been more careful bringing in artists to our brand, uh, only because we don't want to conflict our image or what we've been known for. So first thing that's, you know, stands out is something soulful boom bap style. Um, That's what we've been true to. But at the same time, we don't want to limit ourselves to that old sound as well. But, you know, definitely has to kind of resonate with what we do. Stay away from the mainstream. I don't know. I, I really never gave thought about it. It's, you know, I, I seek out artists a lot on SoundCloud or whatnot. But it's one of those things you just hear, then you, you know, if it touches my soul, then, you know, I'm like, oh, man, this guy's pretty cool. Then I go through the second process of like, you know, sending them emails or message and kind of get to know them a little better. Uh, you know, I don't automatically reach out and say, hey, you know, I'm going to join Mellow Orange. Um, you know, they got to be passionate about what they do as an artist. And, you know, we want to make sure that we bring in someone humble uh, to coexist with existing members. Um, so those are, you know, it's just not music qualities that I'm looking for. We're also looking for people qualities, too. Awesome. Ready? Oh. <laughs> no, I, I think what helps us out as a crew is we all pretty much vibe out like vibe with each other um not just on a musical level but yeah on a personal level like you said i was saying we all pretty much get along with each other um 
we all have very similar interests outside of music too, which uh, helps out a lot. I mean, as far as breaking the ice or breaking in a new new member. Yeah, other than that, you know, I think we're a good label for, I guess, younger or uh, newer artists starting out. It seems that a lot of uh, younger artists use us kind of like as a stepping stone to maybe doing something even bigger than us, which is great. Like, you know, like we said previously, we don't want to pigeonhole anybody into uh, being exclusive with us or anything like that. I think ultimately we're just out to promote uh, just good music. good music in general yeah. and, and not really, um, uh, I guess, fall into trends, you know, like what everybody else is doing. Awesome. If you had to pick one song that defines Mellow Orange as a label, what would it be? That one of be, our songs? Uh, <laughs> inside the label, outside the label, it's up to you. Uh, um. <laughs> <laughs> Take your time. Uh, for me, it's Sound Providers, The Field. I think that's one of the track that was that got me thinking like man like I really want to like put together or just kind of promote this type of music and that was one one of the tracks uh, that even got me thinking about Mellow Orange so uh, yeah I'm gonna go with that track um I don't know I don't that's fine like like maybe it, it probably I'm just thinking like a Tribe Call Quest song mm. like probably like I hate to say it, but like electric relaxation, I just, mm. I really hate to say that song. Why? It's, it's, a, it's such it's a cliche. cliche. Yeah. yeah, it's such a cliche song. But it's cliche for a reason, isn't it? I think, well, one thing I, I really like about that song, it, one is I grew up on it. Uh, secondly, um, it's one of those, um, I guess, kind of like everlasting songs, you know, like you can... Even though you you hear it a million times, you can never really get tired of it. Yeah, timeless. Yeah, timeless. It's a timeless song. I'm not saying we're you know we're up in that caliber or anything like that. I'm just saying. Not even close. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's a feel good song, and I feel like our label is kind of like a feel good label. I think that's yeah. a yeah, that's a really good definition of your label, a feel good label. And I think you don't need to put yourself down too much as well, because like. Certainly for me and my friends, like a lot of really your songs and a lot of the songs that Meadow Orange have released in general, like a couple from the um, Chloe Martini Reborn EP and so on, they're certainly timeless for us. Don't ever doubt that. Appreciate that, Sean. No, no, just, just keeping it real, man. So if you could collaborate with anyone that you haven't yet, whether that's just featuring them on the label or actually making music with them, who would it be? Uh, me personally, I would say, I mean, Talib Kweli has always been one of my favorite MCs, Man. and I just kind of hope to work with him sometime in the future. Oh God, Freddie B, we don't have the budget. We don't have the budget. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so dope that he would fit so well on your tracks. But I mean, other than that, I, you know, it's it's all the artists that I grew up with. As far as like working with artists now, I don't really have a criteria or anything like that. I just I tend to like to work with artists that I'm just fans of in general, whether they're like on the same page as me or you know just like an independent artist in general just as long as you know we just vibe together well i think it just it works it works out cool and you you say there anyone that like whose music you would love to release or maybe that's a uh, secret because uh you don't want to <laughs> you want to give away where where mo is heading in the future 
Um, so there's no collaboration set in stone right now. Mm. Like we we done several different co- collaboration with uh, several different collectives uh, in different regions. I don't know. Maybe I could talk to Dean and get something done with Darker Than Wax, perhaps. That'd be very um, nice. But you know, I, I also wouldn't mind you know working with um, Joe K and Selection guys. I know their sounds kind of changed over the years, but we all started around the same time when this whole new era of music kind of started to pick up. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, you know, I wouldn't mind just kind of doing something with them as well. Um, but, you know, we're really open, you know, like what Freddie said, um, it's all about the vibe. And, you know, if, if things work out, um, then it just works out. Sweet. So, Freddie, your production style has a very relaxed, groovy feel to it that one could say embodies the concept of Mellow Orange. Uh, would you agree with that statement? And I think you already answered this, but what has inspired your production style? Yeah, I mean, I can totally agree with that. Ultimately, the music that you're hearing is what I enjoy making. So pretty much all the stuff that I've put out thus far has been uh, music that I just enjoy creating in general you know a lot of it is is really jazz influence because that's where i take a lot of like my samples from jazz records or soul records i'm just a fan in, of jazz in general um and I, I think a lot of that comes from like my early influences which are you know like i said like dilla and pete rock people like dj spinna and Legend. uh yeah yeah and you know, like the sound providers, of course, are a big influence on me. And a lot of those people, a lot of those producers really um, utilize a lot of uh, soul and jazz samples. And that's just, even as a, a young kid, that's just the sound I gravitated towards in general. You know, it was just like a natural thing for me. I really don't know how to explain it, like why I gravitated towards that. Yeah. Rather than what my peers were listening to at the time, you know, it's just, I think it's just, the personal side of me is just I, I just enjoyed being a little bit different from my peers. So, yeah, that's kind of where it came from, I guess. Yeah, it's like there's no real science behind why you chose that. It's just like from the soul or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Na- naturally resonated with you. So how, how did you end up in Japan? Uh, <laughs> that, that's another story. Uh, who's in view? Who? <laughs> oh, I'll go for that quickly. I wasn't expecting to be asked there. Uh, any questions? Let's make this uh, a Sean's interview. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not at that level where I deserve one, but <laughs> yeah. Um, so when I was 12, uh, my mum forced me to be in the church choir and I was the only kid. And we got sponsored to come and sing in Japan. So we came, yeah, we were here for two weeks. We came to a Tokyo hotel, then a university in Osaka, then a camp in Nagoya. And then with a homestay in Tokyo again, and they had a daughter the same age as me. So I kind of got like a condensed picture of Japan. And back then, Dragon Ball Z and Pokemon had just come out. So uh, I was already in love with anime. And yeah, I just fell in love with the country. And so after that, I was like, I'm going to work in Japan. I'm going to learn Japanese. But that became a pipe dream because I put it all to the side, like after studies and stuff. I didn't have the time for it. And then I graduated, was working a job as a graphic designer, uh, and I felt like I hit the ceiling early. So my friend was like, Sean, I know you like Japan. Why don't you try this thing called the JET program that my boyfriend did? So I applied for that. I was like, you know, maybe it's too soon. Maybe my job will give me like more space. So I'll apply for that alone and see what happens and just leave it to that. And then I, I got in. So yeah, now I'm here. 
wow. Yeah, loving it. It's a shame because I'm leaving uh, this year to try and get a job somewhere in the music industry in London. But I kind of hope that fails so that I can come back and move to Tokyo and just work <laughs> uh, in Tokyo and interview people there. Because I, I love Japan so much. But um, oh yeah, I've got another question for you, Freddie. Yeah, it's been a while since you've dropped a project, but you've been releasing Lucy's and remixes consistently. Is there a reason why we haven't seen a project from you lately? Because I know you said that you were working on one that was meant to come out last year. I'm still working on like a full-length album. I just don't. I just don't know when it's going to be released. Um, I think it's just part part of part of it is just motiv- motivating myself to finish it. Um, you know, other stuff, not necessarily gets in the way, but you know, just personal stuff happens or, or my focus will be towards like DJing or shows or something like that. And then the production side kind of gets halted a little bit, but then, you know, like me putting out all those, uh, little free EPs and remixes and singles and stuff. That's a way to motivate myself as well. Just so I'm not so stagnant when releasing stuff. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not the type of artist that just solely just depends on full-length albums yeah you know i i kind of dislike it when some artists release a full-length album and then you don't hear from them for like two years and then they finally release something so i think it's a way to kind of still keep in touch with your listeners so you're not forgotten (laughs) in a sense to release those little free eps and stuff like that but yeah you know i'm still working on it hopefully it'll be finished by the end of the year so we can release it for next year awesome uh, i'm super excited to hear that but yeah you've been very active single wise and remix wise so people can't say that you've like shut down or anything because you're, you're, <laughs> you're keeping it up so what's been the highlight of your careers with mail orange so far for grammys, me grammys. <laughs> <laughs> latin grammys i think uh it's i don't know if it's a highlight but like I'm always really excited when my stuff gets pressed on vinyl. So when we released Midway in like 2010, uh, we didn't we didn't release a vinyl with it, and then we released it. When was that? Like two years ago? A year and a half ago? Year and a half. Uh, uh, with HHV, and they were really nice enough to release an extended vinyl of that one, which is always fun. And then when we released Fiberglass Kisses on vinyl too, uh, that was my first. Um, colored vinyl which was really really cool it came out really well but other than that i think it's being able to tour the world with uh your friends i mean yusai has been on on a few tours with me it's really great to be able to go to another city you know in another country and play music for people that want to hear it as well as be able to experience um the the culture and the other people like you know that kind of host us and everything cool you say you say what's your highlight my highlight is uh carrying um freddy's luggage <laughs> <laughs> uh, bringing him a bottle of water uh, with the snap of his finger I'm, I'm like right there right behind him <laughs> no but a uh, greatest joy for me really um just kind of like um Kind of like uh, add to what Freddie was saying. Just, just enjoy the same vibe and just to know that there are fans or supporters in different regions of the world that enjoy the same vibe as you do. And and especially when you know when they go crazy, you know when they hear track by Freddie or 
any of our other artists, you know, it's it's really humbling. It's really humbling. Um, words words sometimes can't describe, you know, how we feel when we actually go out there and meet people who support our movement. I guess um, it's 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 really it's really a great feeling that only a few of us have um, that we could share with. Outside of music, what are your hobbies? You say. <laughs> God, I'm just, man, like, one thing people don't know about us, like, on a, on a personal level, we're just like anybody else. Like, I, like, I love going, like, taking photos and just checking out, like, different restaurants, like, foodie. Love to go on a hike, you know, love to ride my bike until I got my bike stolen recently. <laughs> <Crap. laughs> um, but, yeah, man, like, you know, some of us are big into video games and you know we're, we're just like anybody else but um i don't know I, I me personally i just like to try anything anything interesting just to kind of keep me outside of my you know keep me sane outside of my nine to five mm. freddie <laughs> i like going to san francisco and stealing bikes <laughs> <laughs> do we have it no. <laughs> is it on, is it on regular <laughs> No, no. Just like you I said, we're really into like movies and, you know, comic books and stuff. I mean, me personally, I guess I'm really into like, like gadgets and like tech stuff and building computers. <laughs> I'm, that's just like what I'm into right now. I mean, we, we also go to like a bunch of like sporting events too. So uh, it's pretty average. I mean, you know, we don't go bungee jumping like, <laughs> uh, like on the weekends or anything like that. But I think a lot of us, or at least more than half of us, are really into like outdoors stuff, like hiking, like as I said, like hiking and going camping and stuff like that. Cool. But yeah. What would you say is the biggest misconception people have about yourselves or Mellow Orange? <laughs> I don't know. Let me give myself time to think about this. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know because like, we don't really portray like a character yeah it's like just even real. on social media yeah it's really what what you see and you know on our website or on our social media is 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 us really uh we're not really trying to portray like super stardom character i don't know we're, i don't know <laughs> cool i really gotta i got i really gotta step back and think about it because <laughs> i can't really think of anything if not it's fine <laughs> <laughs> I think um, we're a real small label, honestly. I mean, we do have a reach out there with uh, listeners, but you know, like as far as our day-to-day -day operations, it's really only like three or four core people that run the label. And when we do shows overseas and stuff, I think it's just the luck of the draw sometimes. And uh, we're we're just very fortunate enough that uh, like promoters and uh, our hosts. Uh, bring us out to like do shows we're not like we're not, we're not like we're not, not like stone's throw or anything yeah, yeah I, I guess that is like one of the biggest misconceptions we get hit up so many times via email or through our social media from like upcoming or aspiring producers or artists thinking that <laughs> yeah if i get into mellow orange you know i'm i'm i'm, I'm set for life uh, <laughs> and, and and that's not how it is you know it's just it's just kind of like you got to pay your dues like anyone else and you know we don't we don't provide like 
you know, five to ten thousand dollar budget for a project. You know, we don't do any of that stuff. So,、uh, <laughs> yeah, man, do your homework. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So, if there was one thing that you could change about the music scene that Metal Orange exists in, what would it be? I know、uh, I'm not giving you the easy questions. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good.、Um, I think this is just speaking from like the music scene in general. I think a lot of、um, like listeners just kind of swallow whatever their their favorite artist puts out, like regardless if it's like a Good or not so good track. They'll just be a fan of it in general. I mean, that's great. That's great for like, I guess, being loyal to having a loyal fan base. But people aren't so critical with music anymore. You know, like I feel like if you criticize a song or an album or something, if people really are into that artist, they're just gonna be like, "Oh, you're a hater. Like you're just hating on this person." But what?、Well, In fact, what you're actually doing is, you know, you're just doing your job as a like a music listener. You know, you're critiquing this artist because, you know, you sat down and you've really listened to the particular song or the particular album. And I feel like, you know, just listeners in general will just swallow whatever they get handed to them or whatever without even second guessing what they're listening to. And I feel like people need to be a little bit more, not picky, but a little bit more critical in in why they really like their artists. I think a lot of like, especially with social media, a lot of other factors get thrown into play when you think of your favorite artists. You know, it's like where they're from, what they're doing, you know, what they look like, you know, like all these other factors other than their music,、um, just are just solely their music is why they like certain artists. Yeah. yeah, you know, I think everyone has a short attention span now, and you know, it's all due to, of course, the internet. You know, it's kind of like a blessing and a curse in the, the internet, where you know,、um, all these different social network platform、um, have paved ways for independent artists to be successful or get their sound heard, like everywhere. But at the same time. From a listener's perspective, you know they are super flooded with like just too much materials, and you know people aren't giving no more than quick minute or two. It's rare that you find people that will sit through an EP even because you might find like ten new releases on a one day, <laughs> you know, and、yeah. then you have another three releases the following day. So you know who's gonna sit through like fifteen EPs? It becomes a chore, <laughs> right? It is. It, it is. And you have your, you know, <laughs> you you have your day to day, and you have life outside of social media that you have to, to carry on, right? So I think you know short attention span and、um, not giving artists、um, enough time to listen to their project is, you know,、uh, what I would hope to change if we can, but that's inevitable. Awesome. So, what advice would you give to people looking to start a label and do it all themselves? Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs>、um, I don't know. I think like with us, it wasn't so much of a chore. You know, like I feel like 
once it becomes work, like it never feels like work. I think once you're once you you you're, you get going or like you get into the momentum of releasing stuff in general, like if you're just an independent artist by yourself and you're already releasing stuff by yourself, like through Bandcamp or SoundCloud or whatever, mm. um, you know, you can start your own little like uh, label. I mean, it's not that difficult to go through the process of getting like a business license or anything like that. But then, you know, I guess you just have to be diligent about putting your music out or putting other artists on your label out. I don't know. What do you think, Yusei? My advice would be to just stay in your own way. There's going to be a lot of critics um, <laughs> that's going to say, hey, you know, this, what, what is this? I don't know. It's just, I don't know. Uh, there's no remedy, right? I mean, there's no recipe for like how to how to start a successful label um yeah i mean the the sounds change you know like with the times and if there's a sound that's not as popular right now it can be in like one or two years you know so yeah. i think you just have to kind of um just do what you enjoy doing and then hopefully people can pick up on it cool. i mean for us i mean we've been very fortunate enough where we we we've kept the same <laughs> vibe for the most part right um throughout the entirety of mellow orange where we we haven't really changed our sound too much where people aren't like oh yeah these guys just sold out or anything like that <laughs> it's really weird because like you know I, I sit back and wonder like how are we still relevant and you know why is mellow orange being mentioned on Twitter with the likes of Selection and Darker Than Wax and, you know, some of the other upcoming labels. And it's, it's, it's one of those things you're like, oh, that's interesting. They're <laughs> still relevant. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So what artists should we be looking out for, according to you guys? Uh, well, we have a few of the younger cats coming up right now. Or they're pretty hungry right now. I mean, I, I've been working with um, this young guy named Aso. Yeah. He's just out of L.A. Like he knows how to play the keys. He could play the guitar, but yeah, he's a young kid. He's he has a a good ear to him, <laughs> pretty much. But yeah, I'm, I'm kind of uh, closely working with him on on a couple tracks for his new album coming out. Awesome. You saw you want to add anybody else to that? Uh, there's a couple of artists that's interested in working with Mellow Orange right now, but I'm not really pressuring them to kind of like do something with us right now. So I, I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to like commit to something and yeah. Know. Can you say any <laughs> artists who aren't working with Metal Orange so that we're safe or that's that you dare say, brother? Our most recent single that we put out on SoundCloud, um, it was a really, right. it was like a solo acoustic piano joint um, by this artist from New York named Quesi. So that's one of the artists that we might end up working with, but. Um, he's he's also a designer in New York, so I think he's pretty busy with his day to day. So I'm just kind of like, you know, I sent him a message. So I'm just kind of like waiting to hear what he says. Um, but it's kind of funny. I actually got an email from him like a year and a half, two years ago, uh, and he wanted to do something with us. But I guess you know it's one of those things where his emails got lost in the track. Um, and then you know, two years later, like here I am, like you know, oh hey, you really have a nice sound. <laughs> Do you mind if we feature your song? Like, it was like, oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Things, things works in a funny way sometimes. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, Freddie, I only just realised that you did actually drop a project in December called This World. That's wild. I had had no idea that like, this was a thing. <laughs> That's insane. Uh, yeah, because like when I wrote the questions originally, the latest single was the Question and Kazao Organism Get Got song. And then, yeah, I'm now just seeing the page and I'm seeing that you actually do have a new project out. Awesome. <laughs> I, I had no idea. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's just like one of those like small EPs that I kind of... Uh, Yusai knows this. It'll be like Wednesday morning. I'll be like, I'm releasing an EP tomorrow <laughs> without any notice. Yeah. Just... <laughs> I do it all the time. Cool. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it, man. So, Freddie, uh, when's your Detox album coming out? Damn. Dude. <laughs> Me and Dre are still ironing out the details. Yeah, it was meant to come out last year, right? So when you were saying, like, uh, you know, I hope we'll like, have it finalized so we can put it out next year, I was like, damn, this is going to be a serious body of work. <laughs> Lordy, we're not ready. But I think, I think with that, too, is, you know, when I'm presenting myself on a new album, like, I, I don't want to just kind of recycle my old stuff. Uh, I kind of want to present something new to, pe- to listeners where, okay, this is where I am in music right now. I think... Most of my full-length albums had some kind of centralized theme. And uh, I think with a brand new album coming out, I want to present people with kind of how I progressed from the last album, you know? Yeah, your music's always been that way, a clear progression. So what are Meta Orange's plans for the next 12 months? We have a couple of uh, mixtape projects coming out. And as for now, anyways, um, we're looking to do some touring. Nothing's confirmed solid yet, but uh, we're looking to go to South Africa again this year. Uh, we might head to Brazil. Freddie might go to Europe. All the dates aren't confirmed yet, but uh, hopefully we get some uh, project from Freddie. Maybe Freddie. Praying, mm-hmm. praying. <laughs> and uh, so some of the guys like Bonstro, uh, he's putting together an album right now. Uh, ASOS is going to have a. a follow-up album and i don't know maybe we might get like a single feature release from chloe or uh, some of the artists that you guys haven't heard from us uh in a while mm. awesome well that's it for the interview thank you so much guys it's been a pleasure oh man thank you oh man thank you man <laughs>